Greetings, dear, dear listeners, and welcome to another episode of The Working Experience, a very warm, open-arm audio embrace and a squeeze. This episode is brought to you by my company, One Circle Media. One Circle Media is a hybrid digital agency and media content creator. We create and design apps, websites, videos, social media content, and physical products. We are artists, directors, designers, producers, coders, editors, thinkers, makers, and creators who embrace story and creativity from design, web and app development, animation, docs, features, TV shows, digital and social media content to physical products. For our clients, we create content that builds networks and audiences across multiple platforms. Check out our work at OneCircleDigital.com and OneCircleBrand.com. If you work for a network, studio, brand, startup, or corporation, and are looking for a partner to create media that will build, engage, and entertain, reach out to me at John at OneCircleMedia.com. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks, everyone, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Working Experience. The Working Experience. Route 93 North is almost at a standstill. It's a rough one out there this morning. Snow and sleet. There is no service on the... Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Uh, Yeah, folks, we're going to be a few minutes. We have train traffic ahead of us. We should be moving shortly. John, we need that report ASAP. Where are we on that presentation? And HR wants to see you. Did you return that email yet? We have a team meeting at 10. Did you stay late, Bob? Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> They're moving in a different direction. And after the meeting, we'll have a breakout session. Who ate my Where are my hot pockets? This microwave is disgusting. Oh, God, what's that? He was wow. living his toenails at his desk. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it Hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Working Experience Podcast. My guest today is Patrick Shiroshi. Patrick is an instrumentalist and composer. His albums Evergreen, Hidemi, Nono, and Empty Vessels are featured on Spotify and I'm sure other platforms. Patrick is here to lend us his thoughts and insights on the creation of music. Welcome, Patrick. Hey, thanks for having me. Did I say your name correctly? Uh, mispronounced a little bit, but that's okay. <laughs> All right. How do, is it Shiroishi? Shiroishi. 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 Yes. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. No and uh, Hidemi, did I get that right? Yep. Oh, good. Okay. There we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So, um, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you're from, where you went to school, that kind of thing? Yeah, I uh, I grew up in LA. I was born and raised around here, um, Rosemead specifically, and I went to school. Uh, growing up in the San Gabriel Valley. Um, for college, I went to Orange County. I studied at Chapman University, um, studying uh, a double major in music therapy and classical guitar performance and a psych minor. And then, um, yeah, up, up until just recently, this past September, um, I was working at um, first like a, a nonprofit in Orange County um, where I was the therapeutic arts coordinator. Um, and doing music therapy for maybe like three, four years. Uh, and then I, uh, my most previous job, I was a manager at a, at the music center in San Marino. Oh, okay. So yeah. Music therapy. What, uh, what does that entail? Um, so it's basically, we use, um, music as like a motivator, uh, to achieve non-musical goals. So for, for me, uh, specifically, I work mostly with children with autism, um, 
And so, you know, with autism, a lot of the times the the main goal is to improve their social interaction, you know. Um, so we'd work on, we'd make like different songs and games that kind of um, got them to work on like finding gross motor skills, cognition, you know, eye contact and things like that with, by using music. Um, yeah. Okay. So what, what brought you to that? What, uh, what kind of sparked your interest in it? Uh, I mean, I, I was always interested in psychology. Um, and I think going into college, I wanted to just do music. Uh, I think performance degree, my parents were like, Nope, not going to cut it. Uh, so, you know, for, I guess on both of our ends, like a compromise was music therapy, you know, kind of like a psychology music kind of, kind of deal. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then kind of, I, I, I do love it. I do love it. Um, but well, I think it must my be passion, a lot. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's a lot for sure, but I think my passion really was playing music, you know, and kind yeah. of being creative in that way. Well, if you can use it to, uh, I guess in your, in a professional sense too. I mean, that's, that's, that's a nice connection. Yeah. I, I teach English. So I, te I teach high school. So I, I, I know it's a lot like they, they can really drain your energy, the, yeah. <laughs> the kids. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. And then yeah. it's hard to have that energy for your own personal artistic passions, but yeah. Yeah. You know. I mean, I did it for, you know, I'm turning 36 in April, but like, you know, ever since high school, it's always been, or after high school and, and college, it's always been, you know, day job and then do the creative stuff at night, whether it be like rehearsal or like going to a show or performing. Um, so I'm kind of used to that. Yeah. yeah. Being busy and, you know, like at work, you know, sometimes just thinking about what I, you know, what kind of music am I going to make or, yeah. you know, yeah, in the back of my mind, just having that always be present. I do find that though, like, because sometimes I think maybe just taking like a mindless office job or or something yeah. like that. But I do, as draining as it is, I do find it does kind of fuel, you know, add fuel to the fire as opposed to doing something totally unrelated. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. So, yeah. but it, but it is a lot. It does take a lot of energy. Yeah. So how did you uh how did you come to music? Were you, was this part of you when we were a kid and all you grew up with it and Yeah, my I mean, my mom did the whole, you know, play classical music when I'm in the womb kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um and then she always played it in the cars when we were driving to school. Um they put me in piano lessons when I was you know, 4 or 5. Um and I took piano lessons all the way till you know, I guess through college um for my degree just we need like a rudimentary understanding um but i was always yeah it was just always something that drew me you know um i think in high school even though i was playing piano uh i started saxophone which was a huge part of me now and my primary voice as far as music goes <laughs> um and you know in high school when you're like a teenager like for me, screamo and emo music was really huge mm -hmm. when I was growing up. So that like drew to me and like I was like, you know, punk music and like that aggression and stuff that was really relatable. And, you know, I don't know, for, for me, music, there's so much out there, you know, and it's such a beautiful thing. You could connect to like, you know, different people and, and their experience and 
yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I love it a lot. You know, I, I grew up in the era of buying, well, cassette tapes. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not old enough for eight tracks. Yeah. <laughs> but cassette tapes and then obviously CDs. Yeah. And I mean, I love Spotify. I love, you know, YouTube is great for music, but it is a lot. I mean, it, it's, you know, it used to be you'd buy the album. If you were really into the band, you'd have all the albums by yeah. that band, Black Sabbath, whoever it was. Yeah. My brother, like, still keeps them alphabetized and everything, nice. you know, yeah, Iron Maiden and all that. And it, it's great now, but it does feel like, wow, you know, it, it's it's over. Like, I find myself on Spotify jumping from this to that to this to that. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 49. I'm not a little kid with a bad attention span, particularly, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. I, I with everything else, there's there's ups and there's downs to it, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's awesome that, you know, people like I could hear music easily, you know, people who live in fucking Asia or like on the other side of the globe, you know, um, and similarly, you know, people, strangers in like Italy or something could like hear music of mine, even though I've never been there before. Yeah. Uh, and so that's been really nice. But also, you know, yeah, at the same time, it's so overwhelming. There's so much there's so much to to hear and i don't know i feel myself last year kind of getting overwhelmed with the volume of things i on my list to check out and i just ended up listening to like nostalgic that <laughs> 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 i was listening to in high school i'm like all right this is fine yeah i know i know i find myself with i still go back to those same you know the beastie boys and <laughs> yeah i mean that's yeah classic to. shit for sure yeah yeah uh but you know as you say it's like i you know, I heard you on NPR, but I'm not sure how I would have had access to your music. Yeah, I, mean, I, I could have gone to the store, bought the CD, and yeah, but it's right on Spotify. Like it's right there for me to check out. Yeah, um, this band popped up on Instagram, Zulu. They're like this Afro punk band, I think. From yeah, LA. yeah, 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 yeah. They just that... are going to release something, I think, like a power violence band, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm listening to them, like, good lord, I never. This is amazing, and you know, yeah, again, hell but... yeah. Without social media, I never would have, I well, probably wouldn't have lucked into that, you know, so yeah. it's, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty amazing. But then yes. that, all, you know, it, it from there, I guess, uh, to get to my next question, like you, you call yourself an instrumentalist, correct? Yeah. So what, what is that in addition to like being a musician? I mean, I guess that's like an easy way to, to. As tag myself as you know like i'm not necessarily like a vocalist or i don't necessarily create songs that are like singer songwriter you know mm -hmm. in that vein um starting to incorporate some vocals but mostly like in japanese um but i guess instrumentalist for me makes the most sense just because you know primarily what i'm doing is like on the saxophone mm -hmm. um yeah so how many instruments do you play I've dabbled. Um, I feel like I can express myself really well on saxophone, um, but I also play piano, guitar here and there. Um, some percussion instruments, you know, whatever I could get my hands on. Um, bass, played a little bit of drums in, in high school and in college. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when you, you have four albums out, correct? I have a bunch. 
Okay, the, those are the ones I saw on Spotify. Those, yeah, those are ones on Spotify. I don't necessarily put everything out on Spotify. Right. Um, just because you know the, I guess the more like experimental stuff. Um, I think there's more listeners just on, like on Bandcamp or they actually you know the small runs of like physical stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I have a I have a pretty huge body of workout. Okay. Throughout the years, yeah. So when you are going to go record an album, now do yeah. you play with a band or do you go in and you do all the instruments yourself? Uh, it depends. It depends on the situation for sure. Like I'm I'm in a couple bands right now um, where we rehearse and we write songs together. Um, and then I have everything under my name is pretty much like a solo endeavor um, where I'll do everything. Um, in the past, it's, or, you know, actually depending, um, it'll just be either me playing saxophone in like a space you know, unaffected. Uh, I've also messed around with stuff with like overdubbing and playing with sac- like guitar uh, effects, the saxophone going through guitar effects out of the amp. Um, and then recently incorporating like field recordings that um, I've taken from, you know, places we've been, adding in, you know, synths and other sounds um, as well. Um, so yeah, there's a lot. So do you sit down and, you know, you're going to write a song? How how does that work? Do you come up with a melody first? Are you are you kind of messing around on the instruments and trying to find something? Yeah, um, a lot of the times, a lot of times when I create at least like my, my solo music, it's all from, it's all reactionary to to stuff that I've encountered as like just through like daily lives or, you know, like a lot of it has to do with loss you know like people passing away um you know put just like what's happening in the streets and politically you know fucking america's kind of a shit show Mm. Um, and you know i'm there's a lot to be pissed off about and Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know a lot of that has to do with that um also kind of re um going back into my family history and you know kind of thinking about what my grandparents went through in the concentration camps during world war ii and you know when all the asian hate was kind of at its peak right when you know trump was elected mm-hmm. like that um and so just kind of having that mindset i think and having the horn with me and playing um a lot of times the melody is the first thing that kind of uh jumps out um and then kind of creating you know a world that that can um be most effective okay Um, i do a lot of free improvising as well and that's kind of just you know playing with um other musicians who you know i'm we typically talk you know and and then we kind of just play together and and see where uh the other takes us Um, so how do you actually get it into the the song like when you've decided okay this is the three minute song this is the one minute and seven second song like yeah yeah how do you are you in a studio or do you do this on your own or uh, a lot of it is in a lot yeah a lot of it is on my own either in the rehearsal space or if it's quiet you know just at home um if it's a band situation we're definitely at a rehearsal space and i think um one of them is a duo, it's a saxophone and the drums. And so we can kind of figure out, you know, okay, I think this song is, you know, it says everything that we want it to say. And then we move on or, 
Mm-hmm. Um, we have like, all right, we're going to make a one minute song or this past uh, record cycle for us, we wrote a 30 minute piece composition. Mm-hmm. And, but that was, you know, already predetermined. Like we're going to make an album length, like one long fucking song. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so that was, took a lot of time, but it was fun, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, and then same, you know, I'm I'm in a quintet. Uh, there's five of us, and so we have a leader who kind of writes more or less the skeletons of each song, and will um, write along to it, however it seems fit. Um, and of course, where there's some tinkering, if there's like a better part or you know some extension that needs to be done. Um, but I, it's it's really fun because you know everyone has their own vision or they hear things differently right uh and i think we've been playing for over probably eight years nine years now okay um, so there's a good rapport and we trust each other and you know it's cool hearing you know i play something and then they'll hear something else and play on top of it or play something that's like completely opposite um and you know from that just that part we could move on with some totally different territory um that's super you know it's fun it's fun to do that is it difficult to get this kind of net well, i don't want to say nebula i don't want to put words in your mouth but is it difficult to like kind of harness all of that into a three-minute song where you're like this is the beginning this is the end yeah for is- sure i mean there's there's a lot of times where we'll, we'll go over into like five minutes seven minute and we also have like a 15 minute song um I think we're more interested in um, with that band, I guess, like concepts, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 you know, if it takes more than four minutes to execute that or more than five minutes to, to express what we want to express, then, you know, we have no trouble elongating or, you know, worrying about time frames. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have a producer or is it one of you guys who does that? Just us. Okay. Just us. I think we're pretty DIY, you know, so yeah. It's it's just us in the room and kind of going forward and then heading in the studio and executing the songs as as good as we can. And you had mentioned like when we were emailing back and forth that you're going to be going out on on the road pretty soon or yeah. you have a lot mm-hmm. of live. So what what is that like? Are you going out with a band? Is it just you or um, most of it is going to be a uh, solo. Um, I'm going to New York for like five days and I have a couple of friends. Um, we're playing on our friends. Um, she's, she has an event at roulette, which is going to be awesome. So that our quartet, we recorded the last time I was in New York last year. So we're going to play the four of us. I think like three dates when I come back and then I play two shows with, the the sex drum duo I was talking about or smog. Mm-hmm. Then right after that, I'm opening for this woman, songwriter, Emma Ruth Rundle, who's really fantastic. Um, But I'll be opening solo uh, for her on East and West Coast. And I come back and then I'm going to be playing in a uh, classical contemporary group called uh, Wild Up. We're going to be playing some of Julius Eastman's music. Um, That's going to be at University of Ann Arbor, I believe, and then uh, in New York as well. And what... uh what what genre would you if you can i mean what what genre do you play in would you say i mean jazz classical uh is there any label or is it labelless? 
I guess for me, I usually just default to experimental. Okay. You know, for better or for worse, I think that word is is pretty loaded. <laughs> you know, and, you <laughs> know, could, people could cover can, a lot of ground. <laughs> yeah, it could cover a lot of ground. But at the same time, you know, people could definitely be turned off, like oh, experimental. Like I don't mm. know about that, but you know, I think I get jazz a lot just because it's a saxophone, and mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of history behind that, and, and the tonality of that. You know, it sounds really jazzy. You yeah. know, it's hard to get away from that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So um who would you say like who did you listen to growing up? I mean, I know we touched on a little bit, but who uh who'd you listen to and then maybe who would you say were your were your influences in the music that you play now? When I was growing up, um, I mean when I was in like middle school, we listened to K Rock and Power 106, like the hip hop station here. Mm-hmm. Um so during that time was a lot of like Dr. Dre. Snoop Dogg, and then on the rock side, Corn was huge. You know, Limp Bizkit was huge. Oh, yeah. Was yeah, yeah, good shit. Yeah, uh, and then past in uh, middle school, going into high school, I started kind of finding more al- alternative music, uh, like more underground music. So screamo bands and emo bands, um, and then towards the end more heavily into like jazz stuff started with Sonny Rollins got into him really heavy and then eventually got into like Ornette Coleman and John Coltrane and more um, players who were taking things a little bit more outside of what was conventional you know and on like the jazz radio stations Um, and then at the same time I was getting into art rock music like Blonde Redhead and Deerhoof and shit that was on the radio you know at that time um and punk the minuteman black flag yeah now, so, could, could somebody I like i'm rambling but <laughs> no no i understand i don't know i i people we know what i love is when somebody says who's your favorite band i'm like i don't know like whatever i'm listening to at the moment i guess yeah. or what's your yeah. favorite song i'm like out of the hundreds of thousands of songs yeah. out there i'll pick one no so i mean i well I guess if if you were listening to your music, I'm not sure anybody, uh, another person could do this, but if you're listening to your music, do you hear like, oh yeah, I hear that influence, Sonny Rollins there, or oh, I hear a little Black Flag there, or I hear a little Emo there, or... I mean, I do for sure, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, um, I think I... I mean, my goal is to, you know, have my own voice on the saxophone, you know, where it's like recognizable. Um, but, you know, early on, you know, I was definitely trying to emulate a lot of players that, you know, that I listened to, you know, and it wasn't really, it was definitely subconscious, you know, and then listening back, it's like, oh, yeah, this is fucking an obvious ripoff of, <laughs> you know, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's this quote from uh, Yoji Yamamoto, this designer, this Japanese designer. But he said, you know, you copy what you love and you keep copying and you copy, 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 copy. And then at the end of, you know, you'll find yourself. Mm-hmm. I thought that's really wonderful because, you know, it's with all the information that's available to, you you know, no matter what, what you do, if it's like drawing or, you know, pottery or dance or whatever, there's so much fucking stimuli that it's hard to not be influenced, you know. Especially if you're starting off, you know, you, um, 
But I think at the end, you know, if you're doing it for a long time, your own genuine self begins to come through, you know, and then hopefully at the end, you are yourself in its most purest form. Well, I remember this, uh, the right Hunter Thompson, the writer. I mean, he, yeah. he would re, he would, or he had at a certain time, just literally typed the grapes of wrath. Like he had just typed the whole novel and he typed yeah. like in Ernest Hemingway novel, one of the shorter ones. He said like, just yeah. to get the groove. Cause he didn't know yeah. how the sentences were supposed to look and how it was supposed yeah. to feel on the typewriter. Yeah. Like literally copying other people's sentences and then you, you know, gradually like, oh, I could add this or take that. You know, it's like finding your voice, I guess you would. Yeah, think. that's cool. I had no idea. Yeah. So, I mean, I have my students sometimes like just copy these sentences and they, of yeah. course, roll their eyes and whatnot. And I'm like, well, what else do you want to do? I mean, you keep telling yeah. me you have anything to write about. Here you go. I'm giving it yeah. to you. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, sometimes it catches on a little bit. Usually yeah. they just see it as mindless drudge work. But I'm like, yeah. no, no, there is a point to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, if you could speak to it, because I, I harangue them all the time about this, about, you know, I, I play, well, I took guitar lessons when I was a kid. And then yeah. I, um, you know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed more the idea of like being a rock star than I really did playing guitar. So yeah. I'll admit that. And then I, <laughs> you know, gravitated towards writing, which is more my thing. Um, but it taught me a very valuable lesson in that, you're going to sound awful at first and you yeah. don't want to practice and you're like, Oh God, I got to go to my lesson again. But then like the first time I could actually play something. Yeah. It taught me that like a lot of creative stuff is a lot of drudge work. Like it's a lot of slogging through and slogging yeah. through, but it's fulfilling. Like once yeah. you get to that, it's like, wow, I did that. Yeah. 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 And I, I think that's one of the best lessons I learned. It's like, yeah, there's a lot. It's not fun. Like going on a roller coaster is fun and we all need that. Yeah. But the creative thing is like, sometimes I don't feel like doing it. And I'm like, yeah. oh, no, come on, you got to do it. Like, let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you had that experience or with music or. Yeah, I, I've, you know, at the beginning, I fucking hated piano lessons. You know, like it was a, it was a drag I didn't want to do it, but it was like the only way I could watch TV. <laughs> you know? Yes, and I was exactly. Like, all right, well, I need to watch The Simpsons, so all right, we're going to fucking do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I feel like once I was able, it really connected, like once I felt like, oh, this is like a way I can express myself, you know, because I, lo I love art, I love drawing, but I fucking suck. <laughs> yeah me too i'm not good so I was like, all right well that's fucking out because you know i'm yeah, not nah, i can't I'm, do any of it i'm not hyped about what i'm doing at all writing you know i love reading but that shit's fucking hard as well yeah um and so for me music was you know like a, a pure vessel to be able to s express myself you know and i think once i understood that on a deep level then it was like all right this is you know this is it how difficult was it to learn the saxophone? It was not that bad. I guess the rudiments were not that bad. Um, I think it helped that I was taking piano lessons so I could kind of already read. It was kind of just, you know, the embouchure and then the fingering. Um, and I took to it pretty quick. And I thought 
<laughs> I thought it was fucking hot shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I went to college, I quickly realized I was not hot shit at all. I was, mm-hmm. you know, it was a nice awakening. Um, and I took lessons in college. Um, I got intimidated. I didn't uh, major in it, but I think in the long run, it it kind of helped me force me to, you know, find my own voice, you know, that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I still try my best to practice. It doesn't always happen, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but there's a yeah. lot of things I can get better on. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's fun to play live, but you know, it's not practice, you right. know, right. Not focusing on, on these different things. And, um, I'm definitely having trouble balancing everything, you know, at this point. Um, I just quit my job, which was cool, uh-huh. but I'm going on the road a lot more. And, you know, when you're on the road, it's kind of just like drive, play, sleep, continue on. And there's not much, you know, downtime. You know, a lot of it's just in the car, in the van. Um, so, yeah, I got to I got to figure that out. <laughs> So I was going to ask you about going out on the road. Like, are you guys, is it the classic loading up the van, driving to the gigs? Yep. Driving across country. Yep. I mean, there's some flights oh, involved too, for sure. But a lot of it is just, you know, in the van. And it's hard because you'll see, like, I see friends that I wouldn't see in LA, you know, yeah. whether it be New York or Seattle or Michigan or wherever it is. And so when I'm there, like, I'm not going to be like, sorry, guys, I got to practice. I'm like, no, let's fucking hang out. Yeah. get a meal have a drink or something and you know then yeah. there it is <laughs> yeah yeah how long have you spent out on the road at any in any ch- like what's the longest chunk of time you've been out in the van a month a whole month month whole month we were in europe oh really yeah oh wow it was awesome and where did you go in europe uh for that run i think we started in France. Uh, we had like four places in Germany. We went to the UK. Um, I think we hit the Netherlands. We went to Norway. It was it was pretty involved. There was a lot of driving also, but it was like super fun. It's you know it's it was cool to feel like we were there with a purpose and you know everything yeah. was new. We've never been there before. All these cities, ate a lot, drank a lot. You yeah. know, yeah. Um. But yeah, I think for uh, a month is a long time. I can you imagine know, on the road, you're away from your routine. Yeah, you're yeah. dead, you know. And so I think for me, I think three weeks is a nice, nice, nice length. You know, two weeks is great too. But I think yeah. after the third week, you start to kind of the road wears you down. And sometimes you can get like a nice second wind, you yeah. know. Um, but yeah, you got to get up and play. You gotta play. You're <laughs> around people all the time. Just... You know, you don't get your own space. Oh yeah, God, that's you know, gonna be rough. Eating is fucking difficult. Yeah. You know, for you fucking load out, we're hungry. Just like fast food, and that's not good for you. You know. No, no. So it's not a glamorous. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, a lot but of things seem, like a lot of people think. Yeah, they seem glamorous and whatnot, but then when you get yeah. into the nitty gritty of it, it's yeah, well, like anything else. It can turn yeah. into a grind. You know. Yeah. I mean, when I was fucking young, when I was in high school, I was like, yo, being in a band is the best thing. Like, you get to go and play to people yeah. everywhere. You know, and I just thought about 
the act of like perform, but I didn't think about how you have to get to each fucking spot. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is a fucking grind. Like now I understand why bands break up or like, yeah, you yeah. Know, like, yeah well, you, got, you got to be able to get along like personality wise. And yep. I mean, there are friends I consider very close friends and I've known him for 25 years, and I would strangle them to death if we had to be together for three days. <laughs> yeah. one, one of us would not leave alive. It would be... Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. And then other people I can spend a lot of time with, and it's fine. You know, it's no yeah. problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember in college, a friend of mine got me uh, Get in the Van. It was the Henry Rollins yes. tour. Yeah, his diary. Yeah, that's just fucking dark. Fascinating. It is yeah. fascinating. I love this. I mean, his personal stuff, I can take it or leave it. But I just love the 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 stories about loading in the terrible yeah. crowds, the you yeah. know, the Getting all the on. Yeah. yeah, and then. Uh, but you know what was really intriguing, and it always stuck with me. They, and I don't know if you've had this. Ex- I was going to ask you about experiences you've had with crowds, but they they played some place, and there were like six people in the audience, and Rollins admitted he kind of phoned it in, and the bass player took him aside and was like, "Don't ever do that again," because yeah. Those people paid, and either you love it or you don't. It's not because yeah. you're in front of ten thousand people. Like, yeah. if there's one per, or if there's nobody in the crowd, like, yeah, you know. And I thought, yeah, you're right. If you're gonna do it, do it. Not because there's other people there, you know. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, some of the best shows I've ever been to was just like just me and like nine other people in the crowd. You know. Yeah. I also understand though, like, you know, you're driving five hours and you get to this place and, you know, you only get like two fucking Bud Lights. Right. <laughs> There's just fucking five people like that would yeah. bum me out. For yes. sure. Yeah. But yep. I think also looking at it from like an outside perspective, like, yeah, you're fucking lucky to be able to play. You know, I'm I play weird shit. You know, like I'm fucking very lucky that NPR wrote like accepted, you know, Grayson's proposal and wrote about me like. Mm-hmm. There, any listener that's not my friend is like a fucking a gift you know mm-hmm. like being able to connect and like meet other people and so like you know i think that was a that was definitely like a young view you know playing any show even in la and just like five people being there fucking sucked yeah you know but yeah. now you know as an adult you know going on i think i have like a better view of the world yeah you know and have that reminder like oh yeah like this is kind of a bummer but like you know these five people they might really you might really make an impact yep you know on their life you know and this might be like a great concert yeah you know that will remember forever and trying to have that you know in the forefront of my mind i think is is important more common now than than i than i did when i was younger did you have or have you had any experiences where you've shown up and been like or or it just didn't go well? Like it was just like, man, that that was not. Oh, yeah, of course. Part. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like this suck. like, you know, <laughs> there's been like five people there. You know, there could have been shows where like we executed fucking awful. You know, mm-hmm. it's that. Yeah, there so many times. So yeah. many times. But then there are great ones. Yeah, but then there's the ones that you remember forever. Like, you know, you get to meet like new friends that, you know, now I'm still in contact with mm-hmm. sharing bills with some of my heroes, you know, and I don't know, getting to see the world, with my friends, like that's pretty fucking cool. Not everyone gets to do that, you know. Was there a difference between like European audiences and American audiences or how did they receive you over there or Europe's pretty cool. I feel like 
in like a DIY kind of kind of scene, Europe treats its performers a little better. Like they would always have some sort of meal for us, like dinner, like someone would make it or they would take us out. They would usually have like a place for us to sleep. Sometimes it was like a someone's house or like sometimes it's like a punk fucking shit, which is disgusting. But at least yeah. it's something, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, my wife is a professional musician and she said Europe was a little bit more tough for her. Oh. Um, and it might have been like a genre thing for sure. But I mean, you know, it's, it's give or take. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I feel pretty... like they support, I feel like the European just countries alone like support the arts a little bit better you know there's more grants available you know i forget which country it was but they you know if you play 30 or 40 shows a year you get like money from the government wow you know like an annual income yeah yeah um, which is fucking that sounds awesome <laughs> not bad that's not bad yeah i'd heard that about uh somebody i know knew some, a woman in ireland she's a writer and she got a grant that's what she lived on yeah 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 i don't Here think it's very hard there i think it's very few you know i, I don't have know. no idea how anybody yeah. would do that here no yeah. america is not that supportive of i mean outside of like new york boston la yeah um yeah it's chicago maybe uh, yeah chicago maybe what minneapolis i think they're pretty yeah. but yeah it's uh i don't want to call it a cultural wasteland but no we don't, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we don't yeah well, you know, I remember I've I've always been a big fan of uh, the band Fugazi and totally their music and their ethos and all that. And they only yeah. charge five dollars a show, and I I mentioned yeah. that to somebody who worked in finance, and his response was, "Well, they must not be very good if they only charge five dollars." I'm like, I don't even know how to respond to that because you're such a douchebag. I don't <laughs> even know how to like. It's like trying to talk to an alien. Like, I yeah, don't yeah, know. yeah. Like, yeah. what does one thing have to do with the other? Like, yeah. I don't really. Yeah. But, th and that kind of, if it doesn't make money or whatever, it's not, you know, really worth much or, you know. Yeah. I remember watching this um, Martin Scorsese and Annie Leibovitz. They had a thing on Netflix, these conversations. And yeah. she was at an auction at Sotheby's and um, painting came out. Nobody clapped for it. it was Picasso or something like that. They clapped when it was announced how much someone had paid for it, which is like $140 million. That's what they applauded. Man, rich people, man. <laughs> Crazy ass shit. All right. $140 million, huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. What a <laughs> yeah, that's that's what the talent was, apparently yeah. paying $140 million. Yeah. Uh, so when you guys I mean, play court is still real, you know, like fucking they're still putting out a reissue of the records. It's still like affordable. So I, I, I don't know what to tell that dude. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm doing it. I know. Uh, so when you guys play live, do you have a, a set list that you play by? Do you like write down this is the order of the songs or do you kind of freestyle it up there? Depends on the situation. Um, if it's with a band, then we definitely have like a set list you know mm -hmm. prepared um if i'm doing like a solo thing then i definitely have a map as far as how i want it typically um there's other like solo shows where i just kind of go you know just like have the horn and then explore what happens and then you know with free improvisation a lot of it is just in the moment so whether it be with like someone from europe or someone on the east coast or someone in la you know just kind of being open to to the moment and and 
you know, I feel like sometimes if you're, if you have an idea in your head of what it's going to sound like, this personally happened to me and it doesn't go that way, then you think that that show was a failure or it's hard for you to abandon that in the moment, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, it, 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 it kind of depends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's such an organic, you know, live music is so organic. It seems like you can't, you know, I mean, like writing, I can edit, I can go back, you know, you're doing a movie, yeah. you can do another take with a live performance. There it is. Yeah. There's no takes. It's no takes. <laughs> it's gone after that, you know, which is a beautiful thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, but, I know, love, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, no. Like I, I see you have a Zoom recorder. Like I take a Zoom recorder with me and if I play with someone out of town or someone I haven't played with before, I'll like, I like to take it record the set and then listen back to see like you know how we interacted with each other how i did personally if there's anything cool or new that i did you know i could listen back and you know further develop that or mm-hmm. you know totally abandon something that was trash yeah yeah um but yeah it is such a uh you're right there is something lovely about that that it can either because again it put me in mind i was listening to uh ian mckay talk about how they apparently played without a set list they would just play and they would that's awesome yeah you know, go into different songs he said some nights it's a disaster yeah yeah <laughs> but he it was sort of like well, we're only charging five dollars so i mean yeah you know it's less than a movie and some yeah. nights it was magic it yeah, just yeah, flowed, yeah you know yeah so that's really I, but it's it's like going over the high wire without a net you know it's like yeah. you just you're out there and uh but I, I love live albums. I always thought it was very strange that live albums didn't sell as well as studio albums. Mm. And I love live albums. Yeah, same. I like them better than the studio albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I love that. There's, like a, it, diff- there's a different energy for sure. You know, oh, like totally. In front of people, you know, compared to like, I mean, I personally don't enjoy recording in a recording studio. Mm you get really fucking nervous mm-hmm. um thinking about like i need to execute this right because we're paying money and we only have a certain amount of time here you know um mm-hmm. and it's such a vibe you know you're playing with headphones on to people on the other side of the room you can't hear what they're saying you know <laughs> it's very yeah. it's very isolating you yeah. know but in my situation like you know if you're at punk show or something there might be a person standing like 10 feet away from you you know, and you could feel that energy or like, you know, if you're on stage and there's people looking at you, could feel that energy um, and you could feed off that, you know, mm-hmm. for me, I, I mean, I think the live stuff. um, Yeah, makes me want to do a good job for them, you know, like, yeah, you go fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you, I, five I, people. <laughs> right. In front of five people. Yeah. Well, I love how you, you hear, like, it's a slightly different version. Like, it might be a little faster, it might be a little yeah. slower, they might yeah. throw in some different lyrics, and yeah, yeah I, I really, uh, but I, I, I feel like, and I've talked with this about other guests, uh, with other guests, like, people, they, and, and this might be kind of hard for you with the type of music you play, like, a friend of mine owns uh, an ice cream parlor, and I said, what's what's the flavor most people order? Yeah. Vanilla which is the most disappointing thing. I'm like, you go to an ice cream parlor, you've got 30 flavors of ice cream and you're getting vanilla. I'm not going to lie to you. I also fucking like vanilla. (laughs) I'm I'm not saying I don't like it, but I'm saying, come on, you know, for sure. sure. 
Like people go to restaurants and they will order. They'll go to the same restaurant every Thursday night and they order the same meal and it better be exactly the same. People love, yeah. And I'm like, and that's why I think live albums don't sell as well. I make that connection because people that, you know, they get connected or like not obsessed, but you know, that thing is a definitive version. Yeah. Anything else is not that. Yeah. I'm like, don't you want to try the graham cracker ice cream or something? Don't you want to throw it? No, because it, it may go badly. And then I'm like, well, you'll get another ice cream. No, forget it. You can't yeah. talk them out of it. Can't do it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we're getting, a, yeah, we're about 45 minutes. So let me just run this by you. Um, I did a, a podcast with Anton Newcomb. He's the Brian Jonestown massacre guy. Um, they've been around for I don't know, probably 25 years now. So he lives in Berlin. He's from San Francisco. Nice. So I asked him about writing music and things like that. And he said that, because you've played in Europe, and he he lived, like I said, he lives in Berlin, and he's been all over. And he said that, like, California's in the key of A. And it's it's down in the the plate tectonics and so forth in the soil. And yeah. as you move further east, it the keys change. Like India's in a different key. He said, huh. I think England was maybe in a B flat or something, or maybe a C flat or something like that. Huh. Uh, I don't know if that theory is prevalent among other musicians. But, uh, I mean, that's a cool fucking way to look at it, for sure. I mean, um, I've heard about Earth vibrations and all of that. Yeah, but yeah, he, was very, yeah. he was very definitive about it. In wow. Movies. Yeah. So I don't know if that's ever been your experience or. <laughs> not moved not yet. I'll say not yet. Not yet. Not okay. Yet. Yeah. Well, yeah. Keep it in mind when you go out yeah. on the road. See if listen yeah. for it. Yeah. Uh, so I'll just wrap it up with this. What do you enjoy most about creating music? I think. It allows me to, you know, say what I feel deep down, you know, um, I feel like I'm a pretty happy person, you know, um, and, you know, but at the same time, there's a lot of shit that makes me really sad or, you know, makes me really angry, um, and so, you know, being able to play music allows me to get that shit out and the happy shit, you know, of course, too. But, you know, being able to funnel all of that out and channel that out um, is important to me. And I feel really lucky to have that vehicle, you know. Um, and being able to meet like-minded people, you know, and make music with them is like it's a fucking joy you know i've met so many people through music whether you know they're there to listen or you know we're playing together on stage and um it's cool to hear their experiences and you know i I guess my scene is not the most popular Mm -hmm. but you know some of my friends are like they really think outside the box and they're really innovative and and you know the way they approach music is so 
different from mine it's inspiring you know it's like oh shit i gotta try that out it's like oh this person's playing this way like you know i gotta you know push it with the saxophone too or and and i don't know there's just so much to do so much to listen to so much to to play and go um i think it's a fucking great thing <laughs> you know i i do what you're saying just put me in mind i i do short films as well and um some of the best times are when the camera's not rolling. We're just standing yeah. around on set waiting for a setup. Yeah. Everybody's talking. Not even about film, just stories and stuff yeah. like that. And it's yeah, yeah, such yeah. a wonderful energy. Totally. And I don't I don't get that. I mean, I enjoy teaching, but it's not exactly the same environment. I don't get yeah. that a lot of other places. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't my life would be much less enjoyable without that. Yeah totally have to say yeah so well patrick thank you so much for doing this and lending us all your insights it's been great Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me this is super fun absolutely absolutely all right everybody thanks a lot for listening and we're going to be back at you real soon with more episodes thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the working experience we'd like to thank our sponsors one circle media if you work for a studio network startup or corporation and are looking for a partner to create media that will build engage and entertain your audience reach out to me at john at onecirclemedia.com i would love to hear from you and that's it the end the sweet end until our next audio encounter